0: What does it mean to live life as more than a survivor?
1: Unpacking that question is what we're all about.
0: On this podcast, we speak about life, its ups and downs, and everything in between.
1: Join us as we connect with others and discover more through stories and conversations.
0: Come as you are
1: recovering, healing, growing.
0: I'm John Westaver.
1: And I'm Michelle Escamilla. And and this this is More Than than a Survivor Survivor
0: Podcast. Podcast. Okay, so we're recording now.
1: So we so we're live?
0: We are live.
1: Yay!
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so welcome everyone. My name is Michelle Escamillo.
0: And, and my name is John Westaver
1: and this is the beginning of the More Than a Survivor podcast. Long time coming and we're very excited to finally be here and uh excited to be able to talk to you today. So this has been as we were just saying a long time coming. Right John, this is something that we've been planning I think I want to say for about a year when we started talking about this.
0: Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a year and a half I think almost. It's it's been a while. It's uh yeah. It's it's a lot here. of anticipation for this amazing uh, podcast. It's so cool.
1: Well, let's tell the folks how we decided to start doing this. Do you remember?
0: Yeah, I totally do remember. Do you remember? Uh, so for me, what I remember the most is... Let um, me sure I'm looking at the camera here. Uh, what I remember is just the... Just when we were, we first had this Zoom call. We were kind of connecting and kind of getting to know each other, sharing each other's stories, and you know, just the conversation and the dialogue that we had. We were just natural flow of conversation. We seemed like we had similar experiences. We learned quite a bit about our our uh, our our where we learned quite a bit through our burn journey, and we have, you know moved through it to this, these amazing lives and, and just our natural flowing conversation, just, you know, elicited something that not, that is not common for a lot of people that have experienced the burn trauma. And I was like, man, if, if people were like a fly in the wall and was able to experience this conversation, it would be like so cool because we're just naturally talking about different things that we experienced. And, and so I was like, and as we were talking, I was like, man, we can do podcasts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so for people who maybe are wondering, what are they talking about? What did I just click? How did I get here? Let's uh, <laughs> let's give the folks a little bit of context. So um, I know John kind of mentioned being burn survivors, and that's kind of where this idea of creating this podcast came from. So I can share uh, my story first, and then feel free, John, to, to share yours. So hey, everyone. Again, my name is Michelle Escamilla, and I'm a burn survivor. I don't know if maybe you're clicking on this, you've never seen a burn survivor, maybe you have, and you've been looking for community. This is a space, this is a digital space that we've decided to open up to start this conversation. So when I was a child, I was in a car accident, and the car was engulfed in flames. Um, Thankfully, my whole family and everyone that was in the car survived, but we had scars. We were injured. We, my family and I were in the hospital for about four months recovering. Um, And, you know, that was a pivotal point in my life because everything that I knew, my whole world changed and became something and opened my eyes to such a beautiful community that I now call family, this burn community, um, and has offered me the opportunity to meet you, John. And I lived my life as a survivor for a really long time. And then after a while, I realized that there were so many other titles or roles um, that I played in my life or that I had in my life. And I was trying to figure out how they could intersect. I didn't find, for me, I didn't have it be where one kind of lived in one place and one lived in another. They all intersected. And so as I became an adult, this is something that I really grappled with. And where you and I have often been talking about is like, what is life like when I'm when I call myself or consider myself more than a survivor? So that led me to you know having this conversation with you.
0: Awesome, yeah, it's it's so it's so incredible. Like it's just, um I'm just in like I think it's it's amazing story. You know, I'll share mine too, and I'll kind of go into some conversation um and as we go through this you know we are recording this uh, like the for the podcast but also doing a video cast as well so if you're on youtube or wherever it is um you can watch the video as well um so myself like like you like i was involved in a fatal car or a car crash right mine was a fatal car crash so i ended up losing i was uh with three of my teen friends it was about a month and a half before my high school graduation and me and my three teen friends were out on a Friday night. Um, on a road trip, uh we had a sober driver, a designated driver he wasn't drinking, but he was speeding, and the driver ended up losing control of the car and resulted in uh the driver and two of my friends in the back uh perishing, and I sustained life threatening burns to seventy five percent of my body um uh, I was in the hospital uh for two and a half months initially. Uh, of that two and a half months, I was in a medically induced coma and I s- spent probably uh, 18 years of my life undergoing different surgeries to correct the damage that was caused by the burn trauma. So my, you know, as as a, as those who have experienced a burn trauma to the body, we, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of surgeries that follow up with this with burn traumas. So a lot of my life was consumed by by burns, but it didn't stop me from living life. Like I still had to I, I say when I talk to to students and stuff, I say my family didn't treat me any differently. And, you know, I still had to take the garbage out. I still had to participate in life. And my family was adamant about taking me out in the public, even though, you know, I'm probably I remember probably being about two, about three or four months after the burn trauma that I the car garage. I remember my feeling taking me out. It was hot summer days. I'm completely wrapped in bandages. Uh I've got well, I look I like a mess, man. I'm like emotional wreck because I'm dealing with not only being a burn survivor, but I'm also dealing with you know the loss of my friends. So I'm an emotional wreck and i have got these bandages on. And my family took me out in public and made sure that I was like interacting with people and stuff like that there. And I didn't really get how important that was, but they, they treated me, they treated John. They didn't treat the burns. And because of that, um, I think it it helped me move through the burn trauma into getting back into life and discovering that, you know, you gotta pick up the pieces, John. You gotta move through through life. Like no one's gonna like pave the golden path for you. Like it's you. You want stuff in life, you gotta go get it. And I think um, that's where my my story kind of started is into getting in, into life and and moving through this this burn trauma uh, and not letting me hold it back and not defining myself as a burn survivor, uh, but I still identify. As a burn survivor, it's just because that la- that we, we that label that we kind of put our put ourselves, um, yeah. So it's it's um, yeah. I I I consider myself very lucky as well because I, you know, have received so much support and help and and medical treatment for my burns, um, yeah. You know,
1: there's um, there's this common thread that I hear about people who. Um, I mean, I know that you and I are both talking about being burn survivors because this is per- this is part of our personal story, but you know, I think about folks who have experienced any type of trauma. Um, oftentimes you'll read in the newspaper because this is like such a grap- you know, grappling um title to say, you know, that the victim survived or that there was a victim in this space or in this story or in this example. And I think for a long time, people work through that. That's a, a title, that's a role that um, initially is kind of labeled on people. And then as you were kind of sharing and we were both kind of alluding to, then we get into the space of what we consider and call being a survivor. Well, I'm not a victim anymore. I've survived it. I'm moving beyond it. And it's a beautiful place to be. Like you said, there's you know community around you, there is um, a space for healing and then which is what we're you know wanting to learn more about and hopefully going to be talking to other people who have had different experiences of what is life like after I live in this place of just surviving or being so comfortable with this title of survivor
0: yeah yeah and you know one of the conversations that uh that is so powerful is that the, the labels that we define ourselves by like that survivor label. And like, like you said, like it's, um, we get comfortable. We get comfortable with the word survivor. Like we move from victim, burn victim, or, you know, replace it with anything, like replace burn with anything. It could be cancer. It could be, you know, fatal car crash. It could be, um, domestic violence, childhood, childhood, childhood abuse, uh, survivor like uh um yeah like you know could be anything replace it with anything it could be rape whatever it is like you whatever you pretend survivor with you know a lot of times we we go into the victim is the first stage we were victim and then when we heal and recover we go through that stage we're now a survivor and then what we don't understand is or or we're not present to i should say is that Whatever you pretense the survivor with, it could be cancer, it could be um, childhood abuse, it could be rape, or whatever it is. Whatever you pretense that survivor with, whatever you identify and say, I am a blank survivor, you carry all of those thoughts, emotions, feelings with you. You never truly escape that space. You never really escape that trauma. Uh, because you carry it forward with you. And what's so really cool about this um, podcast is we're in the discovery of what if you let go of that that identity of survivor? Mm-hmm. Like, what's next for you? What's possible for you? You know, Maybe there's healing for you. Maybe there's love. Maybe there's partnership. Maybe there's a new career. Like, what's possible when you let go and shed that identity of survivor? You know? And, and if you're listening to, me, to this and you're saying, you know what? What if I'm robbing myself? What if I let go of that identity? It's like, and if there's any charge there for you, if there's any like anything that comes up and you're defensive about, you know, your identity and that's who you are. Oh man, you know, you, John, you have no right telling me to lose that identity. If that comes out for you, that is absolutely perfect. Because there's something there for you. There's something there for you that you're holding on to, that if you let go of that, something beautiful is going to happen in your life.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, you know, you and I talked about this before recording. Our intention is not to fix or change anyone. This is an opportunity to unpack and explore and come at it with curiosity because ultimately that's what this space is for is, you know, hearing the experiences of others and considering what that could be like can be life-changing
0: yeah yeah and and we're not professionals we're two human beings who's experienced uh uh some some pretty hard stuff in life i like to say and i think i think you i i, I it's fair to say that you you as well that i am a uh, uh post-traumatic uh expert post uh what mm-hmm. do i call it you know, I, I've grown, or uh, sorry, a post-traumatic growth expert, and I think you're mm. quite the same, because we've learned quite a bit through our journey, you know, and we've grown, and we've we've learned so much so that we're able to give back to our community and to other people, and I think that gives us that space to say that we are post-traumatic growth experts. We are in this space of always looking for what can I learn and discover about myself and about trauma that will help me and other and people in my life and, and people that can, that I can connect with.
1: Definitely. I mean, you know, I think about society right now, and we consider this term of, as you were saying, identity. Identity is huge. I mean, you know, think about the different communities as we call them that exist and they're beautiful. I think what tends to happen sometimes though, is that we lock ourselves into, I am just this one Identity, or I mostly uh, connected to this identity, but really, this again, this space is about what would life be like if those intersected, or if they evolve over time. What if I truly identify with, you know, being a burn survivor in this season of my life, and then as I continue to evolve as a person, I'm also. A professional I'm also a spouse or a partner I'm also etc cetera, etc cetera. you fill in the blank um, I don't think one person ever truly can be fully stagnant I think at some point we will either you know change or see other people changing around us and yeah this is an invitation to just explore the possibilities of um, of growth and you know,
0: innovation and all good things. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I I completely agree with that, you know, and, and, you know, we're not saying you have to lose the identity, but if, if, um, if there's something there for you, this is a, this is a great opportunity, you know, follow along with us, you know, come along this journey. This is a new journey that we're, we're experiencing. We've never, we're not podcast people. We're just, playing in this space of podcast world and, and really creating a conversation for, for that, that lives on beyond this moment in time. it will continue to be in this, in the digital space for however long it's there for so that people, you know, can, can um, hear us and, and and create something for themselves and, and discover something for themselves. And really what's beautiful about this is the healing journey of this and discovery and yeah, all that, all that fun stuff.
1: John, do you remember the moment when you felt in your life like you were evolving from this place of just being a survivor?
0: That's a good question um, yeah, I think it was well i I never really i identified as a, as a burn survivor. I've resisted. I read in the beginning, so I resisted it quite a bit, but I would you know, I'd say I'm a burn survivor, but I, cause I had it in my head, you know, uh, that burn survivors were broken people and I wasn't a broken person. Oh God, no, I was not a broken person. And so I resisted it for a long time. You know, I did, I did. And, um, and I remember one of my friends one time, um, he was, he was looking at me and he was, he was saying, Hey, John, I, I don't see your scars anymore. And I said, well, I said, well, yeah, there's a reason for that. And I said, I I said, it's it's because I don't make my scars an issue. Like I've dealt my scars. Um, I have accepted the way I look. This is how I look. And, and it was a conversation that, that, that ha- started through my father. Like I had to be at peace with my scars. I had to learn to accept them, and when I told my friend that I, because I've learned to accept my scars, they're not an issue for me. When I talk to you, I'm looking at you in your eyes. I'm talking to you. You know, there's that connection, and when uh, um, I'm not focused on how I look, you know, I can be with you, and you can be with me, and the scars are not an issue. And I think that was one of those uh, those those important times where it was like I'm more than just a survivor.
1: Yeah, I think about also what you were sharing how your family just really normalized the fact that, yes, you went through something really difficult and still we, you know, are going to walk through life as if preparing you to be a professional, preparing you to be an adult, preparing you to be a partner, preparing you to be a parent at some point in your life. And oh, yeah, that's right. You also did have this injury and there's so much life to still live and explore and, you know,
0: figure out yeah yeah I, that's exactly how it was you know um they had no clue what they were doing in the moment they just you know said hey let's let's treat john not this thing called burn trauma like let's just let's help john and get him back to where we where he needs to be sort of thing in in, in his recovery i i asked you the same question that you just asked me when was the first time that you? um how did you say say it?
1: Essentially, what was the moment when you realized that there was more to being a survivor?
0: Essentially, Yeah. But yeah. So when was the time that you experienced more than being just a survivor?
1: Yeah, actually, I had a really similar experience to you. So um, after we came home from the hospital, um, after I came home, I came home with a full body suit, essentially you know, there were pressure garments from head to toe. Um, uh, my face also um, had a burn injury. And so I came home with a plastic face mask. You know, they cut my hair, and I, for folks who can relate, you know the struggle, you know how that feels. Uh, you look a little different, a little different. and um even even though even being like that you know my parents were like okay we're gonna make a point to go out we're gonna go we're gonna live our lives we're gonna go out to eat we're gonna go to the mall we're gonna go to the movies and I think maybe at first we may have been like I don't know if I want to because I look really different and I, I might feel a little uncomfortable but I think in normalizing that process you know when people would stare because hello we've come to realize that For me, um, people are curious and sometimes they don't have any other way of telling you that they're curious besides staring. And so, you know, once I came to accept that and just realize, as my family would always remind me, that there are going to be people who will always be curious or may not like you or may not be comfortable with what you look like, but that's okay because we love you and we are here for you and you have a community of people surrounding you. So having all of that really normalized it for me. Um, and same to what you're saying, my friends would say to me, "Oh, I don't, I don't see the scars that you're talking about," and that would just blow my mind because I'm like, "What do you mean? They're on my face. They're on my body. Like, I'm, you know, right <laughs> <out> ex- <laughs> exactly. Hello, have you not seen me?" Um, but I, I guess for me, that has kind of something that's been something, uh, an identity that I'm always like, "Oh yeah, and I'm a survivor." Um, because there are so many other things that kind of are fused into my life. Um, I can think about actually a time in my career when I started working, um, that my kind of having a, a conversation with my manager, but we had become friends at this point. So they were, you know, I was comfortable with this and they were comfortable sharing it as well. Them saying that they're like, I don't see you as a survivor You know, I see as this really smart person or um, outgoing person and all of these other things that outshine the fact that, oh, yeah, there are scars. So I don't know. I think the more that I talk to people and the more that I hear folks really stuck in this place of identifying as a victim or identifying so strongly just as a survivor, but perhaps not exploring those other things has made me think about it in retrospect and be like, well, there are other possibilities. There are other identities that can live together. Like it's not that you have to choose one or the other. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Talking to more people, I realized that there are folks who, for example, I can think about people who have a hidden burn, who have hidden scars, um, who struggle a lot more than, you know, someone who maybe who has it, you know, it's so visible um, with exposing it to the world and with living with this identity of a survivor. So. You know, having those types of conversations have really opened my eyes, and for me, make this space so important—not just for survivors, but you know, I think about partners and caretakers. I think about um, people in professional spaces and even educational spaces, friends, advocates, you know, um, doctors, etc. Like, there's so many people, um, parents who can benefit from just hearing different perspectives and maybe. Being willing to hear different stories.
0: Yeah, I I, t- I completely agree. Um, it's it's even just smiling at people you meet through the day. You know, you get to be that bright light, the hope for other people. You know, a lot of times um, through conversation with other people, it's like, you know, I don't. Sometimes I'm not present to the impact. That I have in other people, and and you're probably the same way. Like you're not present day to day through the extraordinary life that you live. You know, you bright, smiley, beautiful smile on your face, and you go through your day. Da, da 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 da, and then you're just doing your thing, and then you know people come to you like you know really like you are like hope that yeah. things will get better. Like here, here you are, who's gone through something obviously horrific, and you dealt with some pretty dark stuff. And you've got a smile on your face. And here I am over here dealing with what I'm dealing with. Like, like, what can I let go of over here to get your smile? You know, mm-hmm. so you kind of, we kind of have give people hope in that space and, encourage to move forward. And, um, yeah. And, and I just love it. And a lot of times I'm not present to it. You know, because I'm like, I'm just, you know, in my head, I'm just John. I'm just doing my thing. I'm, you know, living my life, doing my thing. And I forget how, how powerful that is for some people, because some people, they haven't had the experiences or they, or they haven't had the, the opportunities to work through the stuff that, that we've worked through, or they may not have had the people surrounding them that we have had. You know, so if you are, you know, a burn survivor, trauma survivor, you know, or you're dealing with something, you know, and you feel that you don't have people around you to support you, you know, you know I invite you to reach out because there will be people in your life that you may have had at an arm's distance um, for whatever reason, and they're just waiting in the wings to support you. You know, and I think when you reach out to those people, you know you'll find that they're there wanting to support you, or maybe you've been you you you've had experiences with people and they've let you down um, or they've hurt you for some reason you know there there are a lot of people out there that do want to support you know support other people, so you know if you're struggling, you know reach out and get the support you need uh you can also. Message us as well, like we'll on the podcast, we'll leave our emails and stuff. But I just want you to know that like there is support out there if you're having a hard time and dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Like we are as the world right now has gone through this pandemic, you know, we are in a place of healing. Uh and when you're healing, it doesn't always feel good. It's it's pretty tough sometimes, it hurts sometimes but that's good. It means just all a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: And I also want to add that maybe folks listening to us might say, wow, they make it sound so easy, <laughs> so easy breezy to get to where they are. Or seriously. I think so. I, you know, sometimes, uh-huh. I don't know if you've experienced this, John, but people will ask me, but how, how, how did you get there? What is that process like? And I think, like you said, because I'm actively just, I'm just living my life. Um, I forget that there was, you know, factors that played into this. So I really want to emphasize on this idea of it is hard work. Um, You know, there was people around us. We were both just talking about our families or community members that helped us to get to this place of confidence and self-assurance and self-love. There were also experiences, you know, where we... Had to make a choice. Do we either listen to our anxieties and not participate in certain things? For me, you know, it was wearing T-shirts or dresses that would expose more of my scars or make the decision of embracing that fear, stepping forward and saying, I'm going to live my life and I'm not going to let this stop me. So there are active things that need to happen. It doesn't just happen of the snap of a finger and saying, "Okay, I'm free. I don't feel these things. I'm more than a survivor. That's not how that works. But we're inviting folks to, to walk alongside us and have these conversations to hear from, from our, ourselves and from other people as to what's worked for them. Because maybe what's worked for me doesn't work for someone else. Maybe there are things that are helpful, but not everything will work the exact same way. It's not necessarily a formula. Um, we're just offering experiences, our own personal experiences. And hopefully that will resonate with people listening
0: to this podcast. Yeah. And Michelle, have you, I I know myself, but like, um, have you had experiences in your recovery process that set you back? Like I remember for me, there was a few surgeries that didn't work and um, I had multiple surgeries. And I remember on my, my right eye, we had done like three or four different surgeries, you know, and it was easy to kind of give up and feel victimized and, you know, this isn't going to work and, you know, my life's over and, you know, and it's easy to fall fall victim to that. But, you know, I, I want people to understand that, you know, for me and I imagine you that we have setbacks and sometimes they are pretty devastating. But we with resilience, we kind of work through them. Like I remember when I had my eye done and it was like three or four times, like two, three, sorry, two, three surgeries on my eye. And it just wasn't working. It just nothing they could do could fix it. And that was the skin around my eye. Nothing could, I could do would, would open that up so I could actually see out of it properly. And it really impacted my sight and, and my and my my visibility and things like that there. And, and which impacts everything. And it was really devastating, you know. But with the support of my family, and my, especially my father, it was like you know the doctors are doing their best to, to repair the damage, you know, that was caused and, you know, they're doing their best and, and you're doing your best, but sometimes things just don't work out. And, and it was devastating at the time. And and I've had a few of those surgeries and, you know, were quite devastating. How about you? And what what did you use to, to get through those? Yeah. So I really appreciate
1: you bringing this up because I think, again, I'll speak for myself. I think that for me, it's really easy to say I'm here and I made it and everything's great. <laughs> when in reality, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, no. But the, but, the tr- but the truth is the truth is that, you know, yes, I have experienced that too. And to be very transparent with you and those who are listening, I think I am my own worst enemy. Sometimes, you know, there are things in my life as a person who, you know, has had amputations and who looks different that I might say to myself, why even try? I've said that in my mind and in my heart to myself, why even try? And I, and I sit with that. And then, you know, again, like I was mentioning before, I have to make the active decision to say, will I listen to that voice or will I take a very small step of courage and say but what if that voice is wrong what if i can do it well if i can do it then all these amazing things might happen but if i don't do it i'm going li- to i could live with that wondering regret concern fear anxiety and yeah it's a, it's a hard place to be but it's always an active choice and you know i want to say like 99% of the times i take that courageous step And that other percent, sometimes I got to wait for the next season of my life to try again and then make that active, active choice to say yes. But, you know, I I wonder if people struggle with that, too, is, you know, um, other people might be supporting you, your community, your family, your spouse, your whoever. But you yourself, I myself had to make that active decision to say yes. And so I think it can be really limiting and paralyzing
0: um, to live in that kind of a space. Yeah, yeah. And um it, it can be. And it, it what's what's um what's what's funny about that, and I say like when I say funny, I mean peculiar. Like what's what's funny about that is like when we're in that space of grappling with whatever we're dealing with in the moment, it's something within us that we say Okay, enough's enough. I got to move on. You know, there's there's greater things out there. When you're on the other side of that, and you're offering support to to other survivors, or you you maybe your medical staff, and you're you're dealing with with burn uh, patients or or trauma patients, you know, it's like, what can I say to this person that's going to get them through this hurdle? And sometimes we have to let people fester with this, you know, and discover for themselves that status quo is not okay. Mm -hmm. Like the way things are going in this moment aren't okay. And I want more for my life. I deserve more. And I think that's one of the things that I would always say to myself was like, I deserve more. I want more, you know? And that's why I moved like (laughs) from a small town in New Brunswick all the way to Victoria, BC, you know, 22 years ago, like I moved to the city where I only know one person, you know, my brother. And I created this life here. You know, not 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 devoid of my life in, in New Brunswick, but like I created life from, like nothing. Well, I shouldn't say nothing, but I I created what I have here, um, because I wanted more. You know, and I think like yourself, I, I, I'm assuming. I don't I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I'm assuming you were the same way. You wanted more. You saw that there was more, and that's what exactly. may have said. You know, in your head, you're thinking to yourself, I want more. There's something that I can do about it. And I think that's what we're kind of sharing with people is when you come from this space of I want more, I deserve more. That's that responsibility part of it coming in and saying, you know, I can do something over here, you know, to better my life, to better my situation, to to do the hard work that needs to be done to to get to where I want to go.
1: Definitely. I mean, you can even look at it as like, I have so much to grow still, you know, and, and I think for me, I think about it in this idea of like, there's, there's an ocean to swim in and not that I like to swim in the ocean necessarily but <laughs> the, the, you know, the metaphor that there is still so much to explore. There's still so much to live and you're right. So to give folks who are listening and watching context, John, you moved from the East Coast of Canada to the West Coast. And I kind of did the same, but a little differently. But I'm originally from Ontario and I am currently living in Los Angeles. And with that same idea of every step that I've taken, um, I'm always thinking, OK, but what's next? And what else is there, you know, as an adventure, as a, as a story, as a chapter in my life? knowing that there are many chapters, like a book still to go, um, like the songs that are still unwritten, um, that I'm willing to walk through and, and learn about. So yeah, I agree with you. You know, I think about something that you said a little while ago of this idea of how we're just living our lives. I'm not actively thinking of like, how do I become more than a survivor? How do I live my life as more than a survivor? And I was going to share this example that happened to me this past year where. I was at the grocery store. It was, you know, it's the middle of August, burning hot. Uh, so I'm wearing my biker shorts and a t-shirt um, from a camp that I used to participate in that was for burn survivors. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting my groceries, getting my fruit, getting my veggies, all um, the dinner options, all that kind of stuff. And then I noticed that there was this person who kind of was looking at me, which Like I said before, I've come to realize and understand that sometimes that's what curiosity is. There's no other way of expressing it than just by staring. So when people do that, my automatic response now is to just smile at them and then continue on my day. So I saw this person. They were staring at me very much like shopping cart and then like, you know, giving me the side (laughs) eye kind of thing, but not mean, but just curious. I smiled and went on to the next aisle. And for some reason, I bumped into this person again in the next aisle. So I smiled again and went on my way. Luck would have it for the next, I promise you, two to three aisles. We kept bumping into each other. So by the second aisle, I was getting kind of annoyed <laughs> because you can only be positive and cheery, at least for me, for so long until something starts to kind of like, OK, like what is happening here? So I was getting kind of bothered. But I you know, said, I'm not going to let this you know, burden my day. And I get to, um, to paying. I get into the line uh, to, you know, to check out. And guess who is right behind me at the <sighs> checkout aisle? You guessed it. It's this person who's been staring at me. And I was like, okay, I have two options. I can either be really rude, which I don't want to be, or I can just say hi and start a conversation because maybe this is their first encounter with someone who looks like me. Maybe they, this will be the only encounter they might have of someone who looks like me. So what, what am I going to choose to do in this situation? So, yeah, so I turned around and I said, hi, how are you? That's it. Yeah, Hi, how are you? And I said, oh, good. And then they immediately started to share with me how someone in their life was a burn survivor and was really struggling. And Perhaps in their life, we're in this, we're identifying with this role of being a victim. And she watched me in my biker shorts and in my short tee, you know, just living my life. And exactly what you said is what she said to me. She said, I I look at you and I see hope. Because I know that at some point in this person's life in the person that I love in their life, there is a possibility that they are willing to see their lives as more than a survivor. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a beautiful opportunity. That's how I choose to look at it.
0: Yeah, it totally is. And that's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you put it so beautifully, you know, and what's so awesome is like, is as this journey goes through our podcast, we're going to have more conversations like this. So you, if you've enjoyed this conversation and you want more of this juicy conversation and. Uh, stay tuned because we're going to be producing more of these episodes as we go and we're going to be touching different topics we're going to be talking about lots of different things that you know that we're passionate about we're going to have guests on we're going to interview different different uh survivors of different things it's going to be a fun ride and uh we're going to do this every two weeks um we'll have a new episode every two weeks and i think we're going to have it as a podcast and also a video cast i think we'll probably have it on youtube as well but. um yeah, if you if you uh, like this conversation, man, stick with us. We're gonna we're gonna have more. We're gonna have more of these juicy conversations. And as you can see, you know our energy together. We just we just gel. We just like it just flows. And it's so it's so comforting. I think it's really good. Like I think we need to have more of that. You know, I go back to when we were talking the first time, and in my head, what I what I saw in my head was like. Here, here John is, and Michelle, the next uh Kelly and uh, Kelly and Ryan. you know, <laughs> everybody knows who Kelly yeah. and Ryan is, right? <laughs> so here's the next That's new Kelly and Ryan. yeah, so so um, anything you want to say before before we close off the show?
1: No, you know what, I'm excited. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. And if there are topics or questions like John had mentioned, feel free to reach out. This is what this space is. It's not just for us to sit here and share it's to really be open to hearing other stories and hearing your questions as well so we're excited
0: awesome awesome and uh yeah if you if you have a, a topic that you want us to cover as well down the road like you know shoot us a message you know and and let us know and we'll put all the information at the end uh but thank you for listening to us and watching us today and uh, we look forward to being this journey with you guys see you next time See you next time. Thank you for joining us today on More Than a Survivor podcast. Your support means everything to us. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe, like, and leave a rating. Your feedback only helps us reach more people, but it also makes our show even better. Got a question or a thought on today's topic? Drop us a comment. We read every single one. And if you think a friend would appreciate this episode, don't hesitate to share it. We'll see you next time. Thanks and goodbye.